this is gonna sound so silly but I said to dad when I was younger I want to be the first girl to play in the AFL as the men's competition and then when the AFLW started up I was like well I'm not gonna be allowed to play in the men's competition if there's a girls one. Welcome back to the Originals podcast where we're sharing stories about the Richmond Football Club's original AFL women's team. We've dug into the origins, the passion and the politics. Now we're meeting some of the characters at the coalface of this thrilling moment in time, where a transforming Australian Football League is helping lead wider cultural change. Sophie Molan is an 18-year-old born and bred in the regional Victorian town of Ballarat, about an hour and a half's drive from Richmond's Punt Road headquarters. Sophie's different to many of the women footballers I've interviewed because she hasn't known a time where there wasn't a path for her to play Aussie rules. At the first AFLW draft Richmond participated in, Sophie Molan was the first name the club read out. A Collingwood supporter growing up, don't hold that against her Tiger fans, Sophie now wears the number one for Richmond in AFLW. Off field, she strikes me as thoughtful, with a really solid head on her shoulders. She has clear ambitions for her own playing career, but also a firm vision and sense of the bigger picture that she's in as a talented woman athlete lucky to be alive in the year 2020. Here is Sophie Molan. You are the very first player that Richmond Footy Club ever picked in the AFL Women's Draft. Yeah. I reckon that's something to put on your roll call for life. (laughs) And as I say that, your face is lighting up. I can't wipe the smile off my face whenever someone brings it up. So I mean, you're 18 years young. (laughs) So it's not like we've got, you know, 40 years to unpack and um, lifetime travels and whatnot. You've only just finished BCE. Mm. But let's talk about your life to date and the things that you would say have made you who you are. Yeah, well, I'm a country kid at heart and still getting used to living in Melbourne, but I'm from Ballarat. So, you know, it's not too small of a country town, but I like it down there, um, nice and quiet. I live on the outskirts of Ballarat too, so in Mount Clear, back onto the bush. With my three younger brothers and mum and dad, so we're a pretty close family at home. I went to Loretto College in Ballarat the whole way through, so the all-girls school down there, so it was a little bit different. Yeah, All boys at home at primary school, friends with mainly boys, and then going to an all-girls school, but... You know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I absolutely loved going there. I have neighbours on one side and then bush out the back, bush to the other side of my house. There's a walking track nearby which my grandparents live on the other side of, so they're nice and close. Lots of nice running tracks. And what about mum and dad? So dad, um, Tom, he is one of ten, so he's the youngest of ten siblings. So I have a lot of older cousins on dad's side. He's a lot younger than um, his oldest sibling, so he didn't live at home with when they were there, so they'd already moved out and stuff like that. So I'm not overly as close with his family as mum's family. So mum's mm-hmm. Andrea, but she hates being called Andrea because everyone calls her Potts. Okay. Um, not really sure where that Pots? nickname comes sure. from, but yep. anyway, she introduces herself as Potts and oh. she's one of four. Um, she has one sister and two brothers yep. and all of my cousins on that side, like we alternate. So we've all like got a little buddy to partner up with and they live in Ballarat as well so we've done a lot with them and I'm pretty close with 
them as well. And they now have a, a daughter slash sister as a Richmond footballer. Yeah. Has anyone really excelled in sport or played for a professional club and yeah. maybe even as big as the Richmond Footy Club? <laughs> Not quite as big as the Richmond Footy Club, but mum and dad were both really sporty growing up. Like dad grew up in um, Witchyproof and Stall and down that area. So he um, played country footy and he boarded at St Pat's in Ballarat. So that's where my brothers now go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells me that he was a good footballer and that he was in the eyes of recruiters and they were looking out for him but he when he was in year 12 he was a year younger than everyone so he was 17 um and his dad wanted him to help out at the family pub so he just kept playing country footy and never you know went to that next pathway Mm. um mum played tennis and basketball and yeah very sporty once again probably just in the local you know, local teams. Um, she, you know, just does it for a bit of fun. She still plays basketball now, mm-hmm. twice a week, so she loves it. And yeah, they probably both are pretty sporty people. But you played state basketball, is yeah, that right? Yeah. And, and made the team under sixteen. Under sixteens, I was in the team, and then um, emergency under eighteens, and then yeah, decided to play footy instead. When do you first remember Aussie rules footy coming into your brain? Um, I think it was when I was really young. Um, my brother, start, Charlie, started yeah. doing Auskick when he was six and Dad started like helping out the Auskick programs and I went along and I just joined in. I was, wasn't really registered in the Auskick program but I mum couldn't really hold me back. Um, so yeah, did all the Auskick programs and then Dad started running the programs so we were down there even more. I was helping him set up and I just loved the vibe down at the footy club and my cousins that are around the same age as me are yeah, boys as well so you know at home we were kicking the footy around um always playing footy or basketball or cricket but yeah it's that's how it started and been in my blood or I've been through it ever since then wow and were you watching it as well yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so my family are half Richmond supporters and half Collingwood supporters so I'm gonna break the news here (laughs) which side you were on I was a Collingwood supporter okay we'll definitely edit that out okay (laughs) footy was always a massive thing in our family like I grew up watching it since I can remember and yeah I just absolutely loved it right who did you who jumped out of the telly at you? Um, at the early years at Collingwood, uh, probably Alan Didak was one of my favourite players in the forward line. He just always did something special around the footy. But as I got older and a bit more mature, Scott Pendlebury is probably one of my favourite players. And he was a basketball and a footballer as well. So I think that's why I was kind of drawn to him more than some of the other players. So he didn't always do the most flashy things, but he just always looked like he had so much time around the footy. And I was... At the time, probably playing more basketball than football mm-hmm. um, and just, yeah, loved that he did both for a period of time. So, yeah, he was probably one of my main influences. Now, you'll tell me if this is not right, but it sounds to me like the Naboz kick started because your dad was seeing it as something for Charlie to do, but then you kind of loved it too, so you just did it as well. Yeah. Was there any sort of moment when you had a conversation or just even that light bulb moment where you were like, oh, hold on, it's guys that 
are the players that become AFL stars um, and this is going to be slightly different if I pursue it and maybe basketball's the more conventional route? Yeah, at the start, I didn't really see it that way. I was just like, oh, I'm the only girl out here, but that's like, like I must have been the only girl that liked footy at that time. Like, I didn't really see it as it was a boys' thing. I just loved it because that's what I did at home. So yep. um, I kept doing that. And when Charlie started playing footy for Mount Clear, which is just down the road from our place, um, the 7.30 a.m. starts, he had to be at the ground, and I was with Dad every single game he took Charlie to. And I think it got to round three, and I said to Dad, I want to play footy. And he he was like, oh, yeah, it's a little bit of a phase. Like, we'll keep going to Charlie's games. But by round four, I was training with the under-10 side. So Charlie was eight at the time, so he was in the under-9s. And I was training with the under-10s. And my cousin, who's the same age as me, was in that team. So he was really awesome in probably me wanting to be there more because I knew someone. So he was there. Um, a couple of kids from primary school were there as well. And, yeah, the whole club just embraced it and I started playing with them round five in the season. I was the only girl in the league, but, yeah, they all supported me. Mum and Dad supported me. They never said, no, you can't play, try netball. They, I was playing basketball at the time, but so was Charlie. So mm-hmm. they were like, well... She can play footy too. There was one girl before me that had played one year of under 10s and then stopped. And I think they kind of thought I would do the same thing, but I kept going. I played under 12s and under 14s there. Um, and I was, you know, a lot taller than the boys at that stage because I'd, you know, developed before they had. And I was um, invited to an interleague training down at Ballarat and did all the training sessions there and didn't get picked in the side. Didn't. Did not. No. And this is all with boys. Yeah. So I was the only girl at the tryout. And, you know, like they didn't say it was because I was a girl, but, you know, it kind of got the vibe that they didn't want to take a girl to an all boys interleague competition against Bendigo and Geelong where they wouldn't have had any girls either. Uh. Um, So that was pretty tough and not making that, but, you know, it didn't stop me like. Dad was like, you know, who cares? Just keep playing footy. And there was no girls' competition at that stage in Ballarat. So this was like under 12s, I think. So, yeah, I just kept playing local footy. I love hearing anyone talk about what they love about a sport. If you could, like, what do you love about playing basketball? Um, Playing basketball was probably my best friend was playing it as well. So she started before I did and I just loved doing it with her and Mm. making friends and um, probably I was a bit of a tall, lanky kid at that stage. So, um, yeah, she would zip around me because she was a lot shorter than I was. But I love that I was able to play with her even though we're from different schools, like we did different, we were different heights, we were different abilities, but I was able to still play with her and make heaps of friends at that point in time. What does footy give you that basketball doesn't? Um, I think it was, it gave me strength. Like I was the only girl there and, you know, that you know made me feel powerful that I was the only girl and that um, at the start the boys were kind of standoffish a little bit, but as I started playing, you know, more and more, they just treated me like another boy out there, I would suppose. And yeah, it just made me feel really strong and powerful about who I was and that I loved playing footy. And Mm. I just wanted to keep doing that. 
the rule in Ballarat was you could play up until under-14s and once you got into the under-16 and a half competition, you had to join a boy, a girls' competition. And at that stage, there was a girls' comp. So when I moved into under-14s, the girls' competition started and I didn't have any interest whatsoever going and playing in the girls' competition. I wanted to stay and play with my mates because they were from primary school and I'd played there for three or four years already so I was like well I'm gonna stay here and no one questioned me no one said go play in the girls footy um so I got to my last year at Mount Clear and I was dad and I were looking at what clubs had girls teams and who I would go to and um one of the presidents from an opposite opposition team said to dad that they were um willing enough to get all the other presidents to sign a letter to say that I could continue playing in the boys competition because I'd played there and um, they'd all agreed to it and stuff like so they'd agreed that I could stay and play in the boys competition if I wanted to and dad and I talked about it for a little while um, and I said to him well at some stage I'm going to have to play girls footy if I want to play at the highest level so I made the decision to swap over um, at, when I was 15 to okay. play girls football um, and the AFL had you know just started around then so they had a um, couple of the marquee games between the Bulldogs and Collingwood and Carlton so it kind of became a pathway. You said you didn't want to play with girls, why? Um, I felt like the standard of the girls football wasn't there at yep. that point in time. I'd gone to watch a couple of the games and they were kind of just joking around and laughing on the field. And um, not that there's anything wrong with that, like it was local footy, um, but it was also it also looked dangerous out there because they didn't know how to protect themselves. And obviously I'd learnt that playing boys footy and I'd learnt how to protect myself and how to kick the footy and how to pick up a ground ball safely. And watching them, they hadn't had that education. So it mm. would have been not only dangerous for them but for me as well if mm. they were coming in and I'd protected myself but they just run at the footy mm. with their head. Yeah, so when you did join, yeah. how did you find it initially? Um, well, at the start, because playing in the boys, I was a centre-half back. Yep. Um, so I played a key position and then moving my first game with the girls, I got put in the midfield, so I was a little bit different. Um, for starters, a lot more running, so <laughs> I was a bit more puffed. But um, yeah, it was it was very different to the boys' game. Like um, I wouldn't say it was as unsafe as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, there was definitely moments where I was like, someone could seriously get injured at this point in time. But ultimately, you did join. Yeah. Girls' footy pathways because you knew that if you didn't you weren't sort of in the in the path to joining AFLW, is that why? Yeah, well, I kind of, this is going to sound so silly, but I said to Dad when I was younger, I want to be the first girl to play in the AFL as the men's competition. Wow. So that was kind of why I wanted to keep playing boys when the girls' competition started. Um, and then when the AFLW started up, I was like, well, I'm not going to be allowed to play in the men's competition if there's a girls one. So I said to Dad, I'm going to have to swap over at some stage, so why not swap now? So had you ever seen women play footy? No. Had you heard of Debbie Lee? No. Nope. Um, 
you right you've just had no exposure no. so you have no role model no. that looks like you i was pretty much oblivious to if any other women wanted to play footy wow yeah it's pretty crazy if you think about it now isn't it yeah so tell me how all that changes when we start seeing some exhibition games that are broadcast on television on yeah. channel 7 and what that does to to your brain that to this point thinks that you know, essentially, you're one, well, one very unique character. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I saw the exhibition games, I was just like straight away, I want to play footy at that level. Um, so I was what 2017. So I would have been 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, that was when I was playing basketball, probably more as a career than yep. football was. So um, from then, I played in the or got invited to the GWV Rebels so that started up in Ballarat um I think it only had two games or something at that point in time but I got invited to play that um I played a couple of games of that and was still like oh I'll keep playing basketball like I'll keep going to all the Vic Country stuff because there wasn't a distinct pathway like there was the one exhibition game um but yeah I always kept footy on the side even though I was focusing more on basketball at that young age knowing that that's what I wanted to do so when I played um Vic Country for basketball I turned down the team Vic football um because they overlapped by two days or something so I turned down the football one because I was playing basketball and I wanted to play basketball um and I think after going to a couple of the Rebels training sessions I fell in love with the culture and the how happy they were for me to play football and basketball Mm. and how lovely all the girls were not that the girls at basketball weren't lovely but I just I don't know I felt like they were more like they were more like who I was and they were more family to me than what basketball had felt like yeah I think I ended up playing four years at the Rebels yeah um at the same time still playing basketball um for Ballarat so I loved playing squad for Ballarat in the representative level um I probably just stepped back on the state level um so yeah and the Rebels were completely understanding of me wanting to play basketball because they thought that that helped my football career if I was still playing rep basketball um so yeah I started playing in the Rebels program and absolutely loved it I think you went number seven on draft day where are you how are you feeling? I mean, you've got Collingwood in your veins. <laughs> so yeah, I was pretty nervous on the day and Dad was probably <laughs> just as nervous as I was and so was Mum because they'd been through that whole pathway with me. But yeah, it was a pretty incredible day. So they call out number seven pick in the draft, yep. Richmond Football Club, Sophie Mollum. <laughs> yeah. What do you think in this moment? Um, well, I was in shock. I nearly started crying sitting next to Mum and Dad because ultimately that is who I wanted to go to so I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want to get my hopes up and go to another club and not enjoy it so they had definitely left the biggest impression on Mm. me and I really enjoyed 
speaking to them. So when Tommy was standing on the stage and my name got called out and I walked up onto the stage and he gave me a big hug and he was like, how bloody good's this? And I just could not wipe the smile off my face. It was incredible. Wow. At this point in time, I had my exams to go and do. I was pretty stressed about the exam period coming up. And of course, we had all the inductions to do at the club. So I personally was really lucky and had all my exams within I think 10 10 school days of each other lucky and unlucky so I didn't get much time in between each one but they were all over and done with pretty quickly. Okay so school's done you're a Richmond footballer but we've talked about like life has to change Mm. I guess you could have stayed in Ballarat and done the commute but what happens instead? I have been in contact with Sarah Wiley, our player development manager, and she has got me a host family down in Richmond. <laughs> How does this like play out? And tell us about this new home that yeah, you've got. Yeah, so Dad, Mum, Dad, and I went down to their house first yep. of all to meet them. Um, and I'm standing out the front with Dad, and I was sweating so I was yeah pretty nervous um but we go inside and (laughs) meet Henrietta and Matthew and their two daughters um Annika and Alette and their two dogs so I fit in with them pretty well from the start it's been pretty different having two sisters instead of three brothers at home but yeah I've absolutely loved moving down with them and it's probably helped my transition a lot moving into you know with such a close family I actually never wanted to move well not wanted but never saw myself leaving Ballarat so when we were in year 12 I was like oh, I want to get out of this place I want to go to uni in Melbourne and I was like oh I'm quite happy here like mm. I like being around my family and my cousins and just you know being the little tight community um but yeah they've helped me a lot because they're not the same as my family like they're quite different to what my life would be at home like but they're also really welcoming and the girls have just treated me like one of their sisters and mm. they've treated me like one of their kids. So, like, I still do chores. I still, mm. you know, help out around the house. I, you know, I just help out a little bit so I don't have to live at home, live by myself, essentially. What yeah. strikes you when you walk into this footy club? Um... I think it's just the love everyone has for each other and how much the coaches and the staff all want us to succeed. Not winning games, but, like, succeed personally, whether Mm -hmm. it's off the field, on the field, at work, at school, anything. Like, they just dedicate so much of their time into you and you feel like you're cared for and you've got they've got you back the whole time Mm. probably draft night was probably one of the first ones when I came back to the club um Tommy and Kate gave me a tour of the facility and we go into the women's change rooms and like they had the numbers and stuff and then Tommy goes oh what number would you have if you picked and I was like oh I don't really care like 21 24 4 10 whatever I could not care less and he goes oh we want you to have number one you're our first pick and we think that's something really important for the club and we'd love you for you to be our number one. So I, you know, wasn't in love with it at the start because at home, you know, the number one's like the one that's full of themselves, like, yeah, I'm the best in the team kind of thing and that's not me. I'm like, don't want any of that. But 
it was a massive honour for them to hand me number one and have a story behind it kind of thing as well. Speaking of number ones, that very first game. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. What's most vivid? Um, running through the banner, playing, having the song played over the loudspeaker and the roar as we run out on the ground. I was grinning from ear to ear. I could not wipe the smile off my face. Wow. Was there anyone in the Carlton team that you kind of like were like, oh, my God, there's <laughs> insert name, there's yeah. Taylor Harris, there's Darcy Vessio. Like, yeah, I think just everyone. Like yeah. Even running out on my team with Katie or Sabs or Mon, like that was the first time I ran out with them properly. Wow. So, um, yeah, it wasn't just... A particular person at Carlton or Richmond, I think it was just I'm one of them now. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. As a young person, yeah. albeit a very talented footballer, what what are some of the challenges, the harder harder bits? For me to start with was probably playing on the wing because that's one position in my whole football career I've never done before. Um, so that was very new to me, but I think I wanted to play there when they said it to me I kind of was like yes I want to do that because it adds another layer to my game um but yeah the physicality as I've played a couple of games on the inside they're stronger than me so I have to find a different way to win the football and adapt to my game and what about mentally because there's a pressure that doesn't exist when you're playing for the greater western victorian rebels Mm. how are you experiencing that yeah well um to start with I I probably struggled a little bit looking at um the likes of Lucy McAvoy and Georgia Patrikios who I played with or was in the academy with and seeing um they were the first picks for their clubs as well and seeing how dominant they were being like and how much of an impact they were having on the game that I may not have had at the start and I was like well I'm letting my team down as you know, like, not that I was, but that's what I thought. Um, And, you know, you just have to kind of look away from all the stats and look, just worry about me personally and what I'm doing. And Kate was really helpful at that. She sat me down and said, Sophie, I don't need you to be the number one midfielder in the team. You're a kid, but just play your game and I think that's helped me a lot in the last couple of weeks not worrying about how many touches Patrikios has or Were you Lucy looking McAvoy. them up? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And comparing yours. Comparing me to them because that's like we played together, we were the same position yeah. and stuff like that so I was like well why what are they doing differently to what I'm doing yeah. kind of thing. You know you have to learn these things yeah. one way and yeah the footy club have definitely helped me and you know showed me that I don't need to look at more about what they're doing totally you've learned quickly some people never learn this kind of because it's a discipline Mm. so have you stopped looking at their stats yeah 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 deliberately yeah I think it was just one conversation that Kate could see that something was going on and she just said it to me and we caught up for a coffee and she was like Sophie you don't need to worry about that like Mm. you're doing what you need to do for this team and when was yeah. that, Sophie? When? How early did she pick that? Um, it was probably after the North Melbourne game, so two, three weeks ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about social media? Um, it def. 
my social media is definitely filled with football. Like that's what comes up on most of my when I open my Instagram. That's probably one of the things that come up. So I've started not not looking at it, but like not looking into it. So like I always look at you know like just scroll through. There might be a highlight of someone's goal or something like that. Like I still enjoy looking at that stuff because I enjoy everything about football. But not looking into it like that's what I should have done or something like that I just look at it and be like yeah that was cool yeah that's it at that stage I was just doing football like I was working at um, Melbourne Girls Grammar doing football but I wasn't like I wasn't at uni then so I had a lot of downtime I was just thinking about football so that's probably one of the ways that I walked into that trap kind of thing because that's all I was doing. You did intend to take a gap year but um and that would have been very reasonable (laughs) I think and yet you've decided against it. Yeah so um my lifestyle in Ballarat was pretty hectic and I you know enjoyed the break but I think in my life I need to be doing something all the time so I've started at Um, the University of Swinburne studying exercise and sports science so I'm only there two days a week but it's still something that I'm not sitting at watching Netflix or going shopping or (laughs) doing something that isn't going to help me in any way so yeah I think it's really important for me to do that and I think doing that course as well I'm living and breathing exercise and sports science now so it's going to help me with my school as well as my football yeah I'm really excited in closing two things you were at the cricket to see the women win the t20 world cup Mm -hmm. mcg 87 plus thousand people there yelling and screaming and when you experience that what does that kind of bring up for you as a woman who is part of this movement bigger than sport? Yeah, I just, it was incredible. Like the crowd that came out to watch how the Australian women performs, like that first innings by Healy, she was absolutely incredible. She did not let anything come to her. She's played how she should play. So, you know, the women can do that. I think there's big, big vision for AFLW and heaps of other women's sport to get up to that level. Mm. That's really exciting. But if you could just forecast the AFLW that you hope for in a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. how does it look? <laughs> um, I think it looks the same as the boys. So the season's the same length. We have the same contact hours, same pay. Not that that's the thing. I think people just want to play more football and the girls coming through want to play football so I think in the next five ten years I think it can get to that and the standard of the game is going to improve greatly as well because the girls that are coming through now have had the pathway all the way through like I did and they're some of the skill level of the younger girls now is incredible. And you are someone who hasn't had those barriers you've had the pathways and so you'll lead us there Sophie so thank you so much and we can't wait to watch it all unfold for you thank you very much for having me well that's a wrap on getting to know Sophie Molan better I'm Sam Lane thank you for listening sign off Brendan Gale if you like what you hear share it with your friends family footy fans even someone who thinks they don't like footy and final word well maybe two Peggy O'Neill go Tigers